Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another NBA heist uh, edition of the Ramley Viking podcast. We've got Connor on here, mastermind behind this series, and um, always listener, frequent emailer as well. And so today we are cracking into the top eight seeds, at least currently as it stands. And so we're doing our eight seeds today. We're doing the Orlando Magic and the Memphis Grizzlies. It's going to be interesting. Last episode, uh, I think, was pretty fun. Had some fairly talented squads, and now we're kind of back to some underwhelming squads. It'll be, I don't know, I don't know what to say. They're just weird. Yeah. Yeah, it gets pretty strange here, especially in the East. The West, the Grizzlies, there are at least some interesting, but the Magic. Here we go. Yeah, the West it's, in general. I mean, you, once yeah. you get into the eight, like even their least interesting into Grizzlies is still somewhat interesting. But like yeah. you said earlier before we were recording, you were like, East, and we got to get into the top five before we start talking something interesting. And I agree. It's just the East. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, kick it off. Okay. Well, the mastermind for the magic is Steve Clifford, who. who? Yeah, he's kind of the uh, – um, well, basically, he to me kind of feels like milk toast, just milk and toast, that boring. Like the Mitt Romney of the NBA coaches. Just oh. like, he's there, I guess. Like he shoot, he's got 48.4% winning. And so, I mean, that's fine. It's just he's been at it a while. He's just kind of a guy. He's He's just a guy. I don't know. A guy who found himself in this role, and so he's just doing it. He's not great at it. He's not the worst, but he's just there. His name screams it all, Steve Clifford. Yep. Yep. And if you look up his picture, it's the same. You're like, yeah, you. I would have thought you would be a Steve Clifford. That adds up all too much. So there's all that, that. There's not much to, more to say about old Stevie. So I guess we'll just move right on to the point guard. Uh, Marco Fultz. I, he's a tough one. Um, I guess you could say Hacker. He, he gets, I think it was five or six assists per game. So that's not bad. That's kind of Hacker-ish. But I don't know. It's ugly, man. Like, he doesn't play good defense. Used to, back when he was an amateur, he could, he could crack a few safes now and then. But... I think probably for our terms, what happened was right when he was going pro, he kind of talked big to somebody who he shouldn't have, like, you know, John Abruzzi or someone like that. And the mob like broke his fingers. And so he can't crack safes anymore. Like it's terrible. Like he shoots like 22% from three. Like it's awful. He should not even dare speak the name of the safe like he can't even say the word locksmith without shivering like it's weird man it makes no sense so i guess he's i put him as a hacker Uh, you could pretty much tell me whatever i mean what do you think well this whole squad as you'll find out from my side of things as i look at the the breakdowns i'm like these they're just they're not good and (laughs) it's really hard to actually feel comfortable establishing an official role on them. So a lot of these guys for me feel like cash grabbers that had aspirations to do more. And so they split off and tried to do it, but they, they, they maybe thought that they could just 
do it and not have to work at it, I guess. And then so they just they go for it, but they don't have any sort of training or um, they, they haven't done anything, any serious work to actually hone the skill set that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I – so like with – with Fultz, I literally just put cash grabber looking to do more. Like he's trying to hack. He he had aspirations of safe cracking at one point, but yeah. uh, he doesn't he doesn't study any code. He doesn't do any of that. He thinks he can just kind of wing it. And you can't. So yeah. that's where I'm at. And I, I mean, this I'm, squad as a whole for me feels feels like a hodgepodge of former cash grabbers who weren't satisfied they always wanted more but they didn't do they didn't take the proper steps to get to the point where they could do more and so they bounced from their old their they bounced from their crews and they all got together formed their own crew because they were all disgruntled said we're tired of being we're not given enough responsibility and then they come in here and they try and form their own crew and turns out they all suck at everything they wanted to do <laughs> yeah yeah i'm fine with just calling the cash grabber I'm, I'm all good with that i don't know it's it's pretty <laughs> ugly markel the man can't um, do anything. No, no, not much. So let's just move on. Let's just go on to mm-hmm. Evan Fournier, who he's kind of odd. Last season, he shot like 32% from three. So you would say he just couldn't crack safes last year. He like, everyone knows like, hey, man, you can crack safes. And he gets in there and just, it's like he froze up. Like, I just can't, I don't know. Do I wait for the pin? Do, is it two clicks? Is it three? Do I go left, right, left, right, left, right? What do I do? But this year, he's got to figure it out. He's now shooting 40%. I mean, he can, he can this year crack, a, he's back to being able to crack a safe. He got over the yips is what I'm thinking. He doesn't play great defense, but he can crack a safe now. I'm with that. I'm 100 percent with it. he. He was one of he. He's one of the ones that actually like. He's the one who actually honed some sort of real life skill. And then when he showed up to the meeting and he was asking people like, "Oh yeah, what you been working on?" They're like, "Nothing." And he's like, "What? Wait, what? Like, guys, am I the only one who? Hold on, what?" Yep. Uh, yeah, that's. I'm good with that. Um, now I, let's just move on because this one's gonna be quick. James Ennis Jr. He's a cash grabber. I don't know. You got anything else to say? Because it's so boring. Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That works for me because he doesn't shoot well. He doesn't play great defense. He doesn't assist. He doesn't get points, rebounds. He's just – he's a cash grabber. It's whatever. So I said we just move on to what's much more interesting, kind of, is Aaron Gordon. Yep. I'm so bummed out when I looked him up and like I had known that I've always heard he's not where we want him to be. I mean, I, I don't know what he is because um, I want him to be a lead man. I think everyone wants him to be a lead man. He has all the he feels like he should be a lead man, but he's not like he plays really below average defense. He can't crack a safe to save his life. He only actually scores less than 15 points a game. Um, I don't know. He loses dunk contests he should win. Uh, so nothing goes well for him. It kind of feels like he's a hyped-up and well-paid cash grabber. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's, nothing's cool. Nothing's great. I don't know. Yeah, he, he came in the game young. 
people were excited about what he could do. And they're like, all right, listen, we're going to just put you as a cash grabber, but you're going to kind of float around shadow. We're going to figure out, you know, your what your specific role will become. And then, you know, you're going to be eventually, you're going to have your own crew. You're going to be a lead man. And he got real pumped about that. And then um, one heist kind of got robbed. There was another young guy and he, Aaron was supposed to take the lead. And this guy kind of just swooped in and Aaron hesitated for a moment. Well, actually, he didn't really. And then this other guy swooped in. Somehow he ended up getting all the credit. And it was a weird situation. Everyone knew that, like, oh, that was Aaron's heist. But for whatever reason, um, they think it was the other guys. And it's like a mm-hmm. whole thing. But all in all, I think it's messed with his psyche. And he he's hesitant to take that, to really take the steps to, needed to get to that lead man role. So, like... I, I guess for this crew, he poses as a lead man. I guess, but yeah. He's kind of like a Shabazz Napier. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the lead man. <laughs> yeah, Since nobody else is there. It's it's one of those situations you have a you, we have a power vacuum. Like someone's gonna fill it, even. But it doesn't mean <laughs> it's gonna be someone who knows what they're doing really at all. And that's true. This is what we have here. You have yeah. a power vacuum. Someone's got to kind of take the lead. And yeah. Maybe he tries to run it by committee, and it's like, no, we're all the lead man. We're a lead crew, and people are like, dude, just tell us, like, just tell us what to do, <laughs> please. <laughs> Fine. Come on, please take charge. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What we. I I think the closest thing that he could be is like a cat burglar. Like he can just kind of he can sure. jam and kind of score. Doesn't really play defense. He, yeah. He's a cat burglar who only likes to do the high-profile cat burglaring stuff. Like <laughs> he, he he dunks on people, and so it's like he does. Like he only wants to do something when people are watching. He's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna sneak in the back and work silently and and get you know get come in this back entrance to be. You no, know, he wants to be. He wants people to be noticing. So yeah. Yeah, which which kind of feels like it goes against the whole cat burglar code, but that's irrelevant, and maybe that's why he's not all the way there. So I, I don't know. We can call him whatever you think. I'm I'm open to anything that you're wanting to give him, whatever title. I'm good with it. <laughs> he, he sums up this whole crew in that they're maybe minus Vucevic, but even him, I think, is. These these former cash grabbers that maybe some of them once had semblance of some kind of skill set to be able to f- fill a certain role in a crew, and but they're just kind of chickens with their heads cut off. Like they don't have they don't do anything. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I guess I guess we just call him for the sake of this crew. We call him the lead man. But by no means is he really a lead man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. It's it's he's the lead man, but this is graded on a curve. We have to understand that. He's the he's the blind leading the blind right now. Yeah. That's a it's a fairly accurate way of putting it. So let's just move on to the center. Uh Nikola Bucevic. He I mean, really, he's a pretty good brute. He's got a little he's got I mean it's the same Eastern European type thing. He's got a little cat burglar in there. He's you know, doesn't play Great defense. It's not terrible. It's a little below average. I mean, and I looked it up last year. 
he cracked a few safes. It, it was going decently well. He didn't crack very many. He didn't average very many shots, but he cracked a few. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to pick it up full time. I'm going to be a safe cracker. I can do this. And then this year he found out he, he can't really do it. Um, it's not actually in his bag. He wanted it to be really bad, but it's just not there. He shot more threes this year, and it's it's worse. So maybe leave it to just every now and again. You know, casual hobby, Vooch. Just leave it there, all right, buddy? But I'm going brute with the little cat burger. Yeah, I like that. I mean, he's your he's, – he's another – they've kind of taken over the league. You know, since they've gone away from a classic brute, what we find is the Eastern European brutes are really um, filling that void and filling that role – yeah. So in that they have they have kind of this finesse offensive game to them and so they can kind of score make their own I mean Joker's kind of like the dream like he's yeah. kind of at the pinnacle like that's what you like the dude can he can he distributes and plays point from the block somehow yeah. I don't it's weird and <laughs> and so I think that's what he kind of is, but once again, he's kind of like the great value version. So, oh yeah, big time great value version. He, he does your typical brute stuff, and then but then he has these like moments where it's like, oh yeah, he's kind of a cat burglar. But they, but it's kind of like they picked, like it's like your mom. It's I don't know, like it's like your mom went to the grocery store and she came back with like the half ply toilet paper, and yeah, you're like, mom, I told you to get this toilet paper, right? Or and she's like, oh, I thought you said this it sounded similar, but like one's a cheapo brand and one's an actual like good brand. And now you're like, and now your butthole's paying for it, you know? Yeah, it's either that or the classic case of you ask someone to get you NBA 2K for Christmas and oh. they give you NBA Live. Oh, that's exactly what it is. That's so. Yeah. Oh, that's like that video where the girl, or or that's like they get you the year old 2K. With that girlfriend, oh, yeah, there's that boyfriend. she's like, no, but it's but it's twenty. She's like, it's twenty eighteen. He goes, yeah, but two K nineteen is the new one. Like, yeah, <laughs> yep. It's like you tried hard, but you just yep. it's just work. not there. It's oh, just not there. Yeah. All right, and then uh, our sixth man, uh, Terrence Ross, who he can drive a car. He's he's good. Um, Nothing crazy, but he's a positive addition to a heist. That's for sure. I mean, you know, the car has all kind of shocks on it, so it can bounce. But you know, he's he's a good driver. That's about all I got. What do you think? Yup, he's got a lead foot, aka bounce. Yep, and yeah, he's been in a couple other. He's been what one other crew, and he was good. And yeah. it was one of those things where though. The, once again, at least I think people saw him when he was younger and they're like, yeah, like he's going to like maybe develop one other aspect of his game and kind of grow into a more complete player. Not really. Not a lot. No, not really. Nope. He just, he just, he's just a driver. He's here. He can do it. He's happy. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's on that's, a crew. He's getting it done. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so, um, as far as their chances of successfully completing a heist, um, I mean, it's not great. Um, it, it's going to be, it's, it's sub to it's sub 20% in my mind. It's, 
it's closer to 15%, and that's probably being a little generous. This is like on an eastern, like an eastern seaboard type of place where, oh, it's a, you know, it's a Florida bank where they're like, yeah, we don't really care. Florida's weird anyway. They're like, if you want to take our money, just, you know, take it and we won't look for you probably. So, yeah, they completed a heist. Great job, but, you know, it's not a big one. They got 500 bucks from a teller and, you know, split it six ways. So, great job, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that sums it up probably the best. So, yeah. That's that's all that's, I got. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's pretty it's I don't pretty think rough. There's anything else with them. That's yeah. it's just it's a bunch of wannabes. So, yep. All right, that's that's enough of that depressing crew. Um <laughs> move on to a slightly less depressing one at least at least a slightly more interesting one with some yeah. with some young cats making some moves and the Memphis Grizzlies the current eighth seed in the Western Conference fighting for their lives to be in the playoffs yeah I want this restart to be more than two weeks which I just realized that you know I just realized that that for for these bottom teams that are out of the playoffs like if they don't only one of them is going to get in but which in the East there only is one, but yeah, or has the potential to get in. So these other guys are literally their restart is literally two weeks long. They get to play eight more games and then they're back yep. in the off season. Yep, that's oh. it's kind of weird. I don't so know why I never thought like I never completed that thought. I I just kind of ignored it. It was kind of like a repressed thought, but I don't know that one. It's just like oh man, that sucks. So yeah, right. it really Here does. Okay, uh, their mastermind, I didn't really know him at all, is Taylor Jenkins. He's 35 years old, so it's pretty tough to tell what kind of uh, mastermind we're looking at here. Like, even before this, he only coached, like, was a head coach in college for one team for, like, three, four years. And it wasn't even, like, a, a reputable program. I can't remember the name of it. I mean, it was it's small, small. So I don't really have much on him. I don't know. We have no idea on what kind of a mastermind he is, which may, would make for a great movie. Don't get me wrong; just don't know if it's going to be successful. What do you do? You know anything more about Mr. Jenkins than me? No, absolutely nothing. You just <laughs> gave me his entire life story. Like, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Though it's like if they do make something happen, it's an absolute like glory road type situation. You know, no yeah. name coach in kind of a no name situation makes makes moves, but yeah, you said Taylor Jenkins. I said who? Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. So let's just move on to the point guard. Uh, probably one of the most exciting breakout lead men of the year, Ja Morant. He is so much fun to watch. He is, he's a lead man. He's bringing all kind of energy into the bank. Everyone's like, yeah, we're following him. He does do things that just kind of scare me sometimes. The dunks he goes for, I'm just worried about him like as a human if he's going to get hurt. So maybe he's flying over the uh, the uh, teller line real quick, you know, sliding, and o- sliding over it. And it's a little dangerous because he's going head first. And he's got a knife in one hand and a gun in the other one. But so far, he's landed all of them. And everyone will follow him into battle. So, you know, I'm, I'm good with him for now. I think he's absolutely – he's a he's a unassuming, fearless lead man who can do – he's 
I want him to get rookie of the year. I don't know yeah. how likely that is, but I, like just because Zion missed most of the year, I was like, this this cat needs it because he he's out here like six foot nothing, just no fear. Yeah, um, going at people like he's. And so if he if, if he stays on this trajectory, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and with he's one of my favorites. Yeah, and they announced that all. Uh, NBA awards will only go through March 11th, like the games through March 11th. So I think he definitely mm-hmm. is going to win rookie of the year in my mind. I he mean, Zion only played what 15 games. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if there's a minimum on that. I'm, I'm I don't sure either, but, but it, I think to me, it would be a, a tragedy tragedy if John didn't win rookie of the year, lead, new lead man of the year. I mean, um, so then we go into these, middle two positions that are just as boring as it gets Dylan Brooks. At first I thought maybe he's a safe cracker, but no, he only shoots 36% from three, which is pretty much league average. So he's, he's a cash grabber. I mean, I got nothing more on him. I think this is, if I remember, this is like his second or third year in the league. Just, you know, he's a guy, maybe he'll develop into something later, but now he's, he's just a cash grabber. Yeah, he's got. There's nothing. There's nothing to him. He's. Yeah. He might become a safe cracker. Like he's kind of learning the ropes, but currently, not doing anything. Yeah. So then let's move on to uh, the three. Kyle Anderson. He. He for his career, I think, scores about eight points a game. Um. So he really doesn't score. He can't shoot. He doesn't get many rebounds. He doesn't get steals or or blocks a whole lot of, but he does have a really pretty good defensive rating. So for that reason, I didn't want to just give him a cash grabber because he does play some good defense. I actually gave him the lookout because he can do one thing. It's not, it's not shooting, but he can do one single thing. He can look out the door and tell us if the cops are coming. Nothing else. I don't even know if he's really that equipped to carry cash because he can't score. <laughs> so I think he is just a lookout. Oh, that's hilarious! No, I I I didn't realize that. I was I was wondering why you why you went to lookout, but dude, I'm I'm totally with that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, lock him up. It's crazy how he just doesn't even score or anything. It's. It's wild. I had to find something for him just because putting him as a cash grabber didn't feel fair to the other cash grabbers. So there you go. He's a lookout to me. <laughs> um, the four, Jaron Jackson Jr. He is uh, shooting about 38%. So he's a, he's a safe cracker. I'm good with that. And the funny thing is when I looked it up, he averages 1.6 blocks a game this year, but he has a really – really below average defensive rating. So he's huh. helping over, I think, way too often to go for those backside help help side blocks. And so he gets some of them, but he leaves when he probably shouldn't sometimes is where I'm thinking. But he's a safe cracker either way. That was just a fun little thing I wanted to throw in there. Oh what a what a weird phenomena of a of a of a crew member. So no, I'm I'm with that. I really didn't know. Um, yeah, I looked at his three point percentage. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess I guess he meets the qualification. He is their uh, yeah, he is. He's their safe no cracker problem. for this game. Yep. 
Yep. Works for me. I had no problem with it. So let's just move on to uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who I thought he's been in the heist game for so long, it feels like. But he's actually only like 28. So, yeah, he's been in the league nine years and he's 28. So he felt like he was like 33. I mean, that's where I thought he was. But, well, good for him, I guess. He's a brute. And as it's gone along here in the last few years, he's gotten better at safe cracking. But he's still just a brute. I mean, he's still shooting just 34, 35% from three. But it might come sometime later. But for now, he's Hmm. just a brute. Yeah, he's a brute, and he but he can just kind of he he's been around enough things where he has some basic knowledge about like safe cracking um, yeah. and different things like that, you know, and even some cat burglar knowledge where it's like okay, he he knows a little bit, he's dabbled, but yeah, yeah he, exactly. he kind of also knows his place and kind of respects that. Like I don't know, he's a I, I think he's a, I think he's a solid kind of anchor piece here. Like he yeah. he does his job pretty well. So I'm yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. Just a brute. Yep, he's a, definitely a, a positive addition to any heist. I would say, like he's he's in there, and it's good. You're glad you he you're glad he's in there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, our sixth man, Brandon Clark, he's a rookie, fresh out of fresh out of school. We just found him. He was some dude in college that just was flying down uh, a drag race or something, and they were like, "Hey, Taylor Jenkins is like, hey, I'm young." you're young. You want to join this crew? And Brandon's like, yeah, sure. Uh, it seems like it probably might pay well. And so he's the driver now and we have no idea if it's uh, going to be good or not. I mean, it's just way too early to tell. Yeah. He was another one of those for me. He said, Brandon Clark, I said, excuse me, who? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> Sounded uh, like an yeah. auto generated name on 2k. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. What Exactly. That's uh, that's pretty much what it is. So, I don't know. So, I guess uh, we'll go on to what their chances are. Ah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably too early for them. Um, they don't have all the pieces around Ja as their lead man, who is, I mean, a real exciting lead man. He's gonna be, he's gonna be leading some heists if he doesn't, you know, get hurt get hit by the mob whatever you want to call it um i think he's got a good chance to really really lead some just epic heists in the future but as far as right now with the team as it's constructed the crew i'm thinking has ah, you i don't know 18 19 20 percent somewhere in there yeah i think real, real good heist yeah, I think they're sub twenty. I, I I'm feeling like eighteen percent, right? I'm good with that. I'm good with eighteen. Yeah, I, I think I think that's where they land. They like they surprise some people. Well, you had two things. You had the Pelicans minus Zion. You had the Trailblazers taking a total dump on everything, and that was good. And so then the Grizzlies kind of were just that sleeper team who snuck into the eight seed, and yeah. you know you had they basically where other people were slacking. There was there was opportunities for some heists, and so the Grizzlies did some small jobs here and there, and there, nobody was ready for it. You know, they were like, "Oh, this is thought." You know, the Trailblazer crew or the Pelicans crew would have done this one, and it's like, "Well, the Pelicans were missing a dude, a very important dude, and the Trailblazers." Nobody knows what's going on with them. No, 
No, I mean, it's kind of weird. I feel bad because I think we gave uh, the Pelicans and the Trailblazers a higher percentage chance at a successful heist, but it just, I don't know. I don't know. When you look at everything here in the Grizzlies, I can't see them pulling off any sort of real big-time heist, and those teams have a chance at doing that. So as far as getting a, you know, a decent little heist done, yeah, the Grizzlies might be better for that right now. But as far as being able to pull off the big one, there's they're just nowhere near as close to me. Absolutely. They're the pieces are there, but it's just it's still a dull blade. Like it's not it's not and it's still a few few knives down from the sharpening stone. I don't know where I'm getting my analogies today, but I don't that's, either, but that's I like the way it. I see it. Yeah, they've been they've been solid for for once. Sometimes sometimes they don't make any sense. I mean, these ones don't make much sense, but they check out at least, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're just not quite ready. They'll they'll get there though. Hopefully, we'll see. I mean, you got when you have a new new to the game, new young mastermind Taylor Jenkins. It's like who knows? Is he gonna is he gonna end up being like? Uh, oh crap! I just lost his name, Nick Nurse. You know, in Toronto, who surprised sure. everybody's like, oh, this cat knows what he's doing. And yeah. he, he pulled off the big one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And brought brought the Raptors their first their first big payday. Oh my yeah. gosh. All right. You know, or he's gonna be <laughs> like uh what was his name? Steve Clifford. Or Steve <laughs> or he'll turn into Steve Clifford. He he's just the he's the new Steve Clifford. I don't know. We'll see. We yeah, will we will see. see. You, now tell me this about the Grizzlies. So we talked kind of on the flip side when we, last episode about whether or not the which who has the better chance at getting to the play-in. Yeah, um, against the Grizzlies between the Pelicans and the Trailblazers. Do you think? Do you see the? What are the chances that you see the Grizzlies hold on to the eight spot, or do you think they get bumped? It's tough because we still have so many question marks for the Pelicans and the Trailblazers at the time of recording anyway because we don't know what Yusuf Nurkic is going to be like. Because if he can't play but 10 minutes a game and they're playing all Hassan, then I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of a chance to beat the Grizzlies twice in a row. Um, Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, the Pelicans minus Zion, again – they might be able to. I think they have a little better chance of it. But, again, I don't see them being able to beat the Grizzlies twice in a row. This is all provided the Grizzlies don't lose their next eight games and fall out of you know the eighth seed and have to would have to win twice against whoever overtakes them. But I, I don't know. Um, if, if everyone is healthy, everyone's playing, Nurkic's playing – big minutes like he used to Zion's around then I don't think they're I don't I think the Grizzlies will probably get bumped in my opinion but if mm-hmm. not if there's any sort of health issues or anything like that then the Grizz will probably hang on to the eight seed yeah it is it's a really hard question to answer because like you said it's so early and um that actually just jogged my memory in the fact that like they're playing some like scrimmages um, prior to the restart. And I don't know if they're going to like stream those at all or 
be on like yeah. NBA TV. I haven't heard anything about that, but those could be telling. But I mean, we're still so far out, at least when we're recording this. I mean, that we there's just there's a lot of question marks as of yep. now, as it stands now. So, under the assumption Zion gets back and is able to play and doesn't really miss any games or one at the least or most, I mean. And the Trailblazers and, and Nurkic is back, but it's not like a huge difference. Where it stands now, I think the Pelicans at least get the playoff. And I think with Zion, they could, if, if they get to that point where they get the play in game, I think they make the push and get into the eight seed. I mean, I know that's what, that's too, that's what the league wants to see. Cause then yeah. you'll have a, then you'll have a, you know, a, a up and, up and coming superstar versus the established superstars in your first round matchup there. And it's going to be all the ratings, but yeah, it's just, it's just tough. There's a lot of question marks. I think as these question marks go away and they get answered. So maybe the scrimmage just happened. We see, okay. Yusuf Nurkic is like, is he's back in a big way or yep. okay. Or, or, or it's a situation where we're like you said, where Zion's not back because that dynamic totally changes the team because so much yeah. attention has to go on Zion that it it takes the burden off the other players and they can play more relaxed. You're going to have Brandon Ingram and JJ Reddick getting more open shots. You're going to have you know Lonzo's able to distribute a little bit better. Like I, it's a whole thing. So I think yeah. I think the chances that the Grizzlies hold on to things right now is really kind of a it's really kind of a toss up currently because yeah. what if they come out and play like total crap? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I see. Don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. What I know the media is wanting to push the uh, great comeback by Zion, but oh sure, <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You, like you said, the Kings could surprise everybody, and they could somehow play in and make the eighth seed. Yep, that would bum out no probably way. about everyone. That would yeah, just be a bummer, except a small sect of fans in Sacramento. Yep. Yep, that small group like of people in Orlando. That's about it. It'd be a blip. You'd have a couple dots in, in Northern California, and then the rest would be like, uh, "Are you happy the Kings made the playoffs?" No, no, two little blips. Yes, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So the so, the anarchist part of me is hoping for that. Just that that, that hooded Kermit side. That's like. Come on, Kings, you can do it. <laughs> yep. Get the playoffs. Destroy the ratings. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this weird episode where it got – it was almost like we, we hit a, an exciting point where it's like, yeah, it's getting more exciting. And they're like, hold on, a little bit more sad. And then we're going to go more yep. exciting. So that was the yep. eight seeds. Um, that was the Magic and the Grizzlies, two very interesting teams who are in the top eight right now. Um, the Grizzlies with the star and hopefully rookie of the year, John Morant. That's my prediction at least. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, next week we'll be, or next week, sorry, next episode, <laughs> we will be looking at <laughs> the, our seven seeds who I failed to pull up in front of me because I closed out that tab. Oh, they are the Nets and the Mavs. Thank you. Saving the day. Uh, yeah, my that, that that tab in my browser crapped out, and so I didn't have them in front of me, so I just, ah. just closed it. So, yeah, the Nets, who, oh, boy, 
They're kind yeah. of a continuation of, of, of these type of teams. The Mavs should be relatively exciting because I, I will say this. As a preview, I did see – read this article is 10 bold predictions for the for the bubble and playoffs, and, some, and one of the predictions was like the Mavs break like the top five in the West. Maybe. So, yeah, they apparently think there could be something exciting, and I think there could be something exciting there. So, if you care about either of these teams or this episode at all, and want to provide, want to take the time to provide some sort of feedback, which I honestly wouldn't know why you would, but uh, you are welcome <laughs> to. It's the Rambling Viking at gmail.com and send in uh, any questions, thoughts, complaints. But honestly, if you if you're thinking about sending an email, just wait until do it on a better episode. I don't think this one's worth it, but nonetheless, that's your choice, your time, and your life. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next episode of NBA Heist.